The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. Hear the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Hey, welcome in. Welcome into the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We are live in studio. Well, I'm live in studio, Demi Lachey. We got Dougie B here on the lines as well. 888-346-9144 is the number to call in on the show to come join us anytime. Man, Dougie, what's going on, man? How you doing this morning? Doing good, man. I got some sleep last night, finally, and uh, got to catch up on some rest. So I'm good to go, man. Getting ready for the weekend coming up. Uh-huh. I didn't, I didn't get much uh, tomorrow. I didn't get much sleep last night, but what's going on tomorrow? Oh, you know, Fireball Friday, baby. Oh man, you getting too hype. It's we got like twenty four hours to go. Eight 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 three four six nine one four four is the number to call in. Uh man, I wake up this morning to you know, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather or whatnot. But I wake up this morning, I'm on my way up to the studio and I pass a message. Uh, I see something that pops up on my timeline talking about Brittany Griner and her fiance Gloria Johnson being charged Wednesday on assault and disorderly conduct charges. That was just yesterday, of course. Um, but it's funny. I just hung out with Miss Gloria and Griner herself Monday evening and then Tuesday for like Taco Tuesday mid-afternoon and then Wednesday, the very next day, this, this, this uh, assault and disorderly conduct occurs. In my bad luck, did I? I don't know. I don't. Did I rub off no, on them I, too I bad? I think it's Phoenix basketball is bad luck. What do you mean by that? Because you got. Well, so what's, what I'm saying, Phoenix basketball, because you look at the Suns and the Morris brothers are they they now got indicted, so that's official with that assault charge. And then you got the Mercury on the other side with Brittany being charged for the assault. So don't 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 look at it as you. I think it's just. For some reason, it's Phoenix basketball in general right now, man. Okay, I'm just making sure I'm not the, the bad luck, the bad yeah. pill that's getting now, if, to Now, it. if you were with the Morris brothers that night, then I might say you, you need to stay. Oh, I'd be in jail <laughs> if I was with them. <laughs> if I was with them too, I'd be in jail right now. But it, it's just crazy. You know, just a couple of days, just this week, so much happens in a week. And, and it, it's just shocking to me because hanging around the two, I mean, they're, they're so calm. These probably the two, you know, down to earth people I've ever met. I mean, her wife Gloria Johnson, she plays for the Tulsa Shock. She, uh, she went to University of Tennessee, so you know she's a baller slash celebrity WNBA player in her own right, and so, you know, she has something to deal with as well. And uh, I didn't read too much into it. It was just on my way into the studio, but I just thought that was just crazy. I'm like, man, did. 
I hope I didn't pass anything on. I hope I didn't say anything wrong for them to go out and, you know, assault anyone or if they got caught up in a, you know, terrible situation, which, I mean, that's what it pretty much looks like. And like you said, uh, the Morris twins were there. You know, what happened with their situation, and it kind of goes back to thinking about what happened with Chris Copeland and Indiana Pacers Ford out there in New York and Thabo Cephalosha. You know, it's it, that comes to thought right away, and it's you know, it's a sad story to talk about, a sad thing to bring up, you know. Um, well, but like you said, out here, in Phoenix, I guess you get picked on, you know, being a basketball player, no matter if you're in the WNBA or the NBA. Not necessarily getting picked on, but, you know, you got to deal with nonsense, which, you know, you don't hear that from Cardinals players. You know, you don't hear that from Coyotes, uh, you know, Diamondback players. You you haven't heard that yet, especially out here. But, you know, the Phoenix Suns, now the Mercury, uh, Tulsa Shock and Gloria Johnson. I mean, I don't don't know if they're probably helping out one, you know, each other or what the statement was, but um, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, and and I haven't seen any details on with Brittany and uh, their deal. But, like, with the Morris brothers, they brought themselves into that situation. They could have walked away, but they brought themselves. So it's nothing about being picked on. It's about the fact of just being a knucklehead and staying away from that type of stuff. You know what I mean? It's They could easily, the Morris brothers twins could have easily avoided that whole conflict. They could have just left, let it go, but they chose to go over that that line that you cannot cross and look what happens. All right. Uh, we got a couple, actually, we're going to take a quick break. Um, 888-346-9144 is the call in on the show. We're going to take a quick break. After the break, we're going to discuss more about these assault charges occurring in the basketball world. Uh, also some NBA news, uh, NFL news as well. The NFL draft, what we got one week away. Kwame Lasseter the sports talk show. Uh, we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. is the number to call in to join in on the show live in studio Demi Lache we also have Dougie B here in studio it's a it's a terrific Thursday or a thirsty Thursday whichever way you want to put it um weather's feeling great I mean I don't feel too great I feel a little bit under the weather but you know that's just being selfish and rude talking about myself but uh before the break we were discussing um Phoenix Mercury, all-star, superstar, center, um, Brittany Griner and her situation. Uh, just read over a little bit more about, over the report during the break. And um, it happened out there in Goodyear, Arizona, which, you know, when it comes to mind, like what what goes on out there in Goodyear? Honestly, I don't know. I haven't hung out around there. I haven't been told to. So I don't know. I've been out there a little bit. Uh-huh. They're, they're coming up. There's There's – Couple restaurants and bars, but I mean nothing like nightclubs or anything of that nature. So that's why it's kind of interesting to see exactly what it was out there. Yeah. Now I don't know if it was like a couple that they got into the arguments. I mean, no story has really came out yet. Um, I'm not going to oh, take fighting each other. Yeah. I I mean, some of the report is saying that you know it's just them two involved. So I'm thinking, okay, were they fighting each other or? Or they fighting other people, or you know, they said it was like an argument that got physical. That's all I read about, uh, according to Bleacher Report. So I had to read. Yeah, I have to read more here. Yeah, I have to read more to it. I mean, it's it's just something that broke out. So um, hopefully, what it looks like is just a DV type fight. What's that? The idea of domestic violence. Just it was in their house. Just between them two, verbal argument that turned into a physical fight between them two. Mm-hmm. No other weapons were involved, anything like that. So they arrest on assault and disorderly conduct. So that's just your typical domestic violence fight between the two. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I so think. That's what I found right when it. I read more to it. Um, yeah. Damn, man, that's crazy. So who, who you know gets I mean, charged with domestic violence? Is, like this is this goes on every single day and every single night here in in every state. You know, but granted, because they're WNBA players are going to be talked about and everything else, you know. So hmm. we'll see what happens. They'll probably get some anger management classes. They'll be back together and they'll be all good and la di da. Well, I hope. I mean, I hope the the best turns out for the two because I mean they're, they're they're really cool people, man. Like they're really down to earth. For Brittany Griner to be such a household name everywhere you go, and then Glory uh, Gloria Johnson. I mean, she's she's even more down to earth. Like she's awesome. Both of them, you know, pretty you know well well good people, and it's it's crazy. I mean, you know, everybody has their you know issues and stories. I hope this doesn't get blown up and. Doesn't you know put a cloud around what Brittany Griner does you know uh, for her future and take away her superstar status because you know one once once one incident drops uh, anything goes after that or you don't get to do as much or you know the media tries to punish you every little thing that you do and watch you 
I mean, I hope the best for these two because honestly, they don't deserve it. If they had an issue at home or wherever, you know, that's just. I hope the media be mature enough, or you know, anyone to not really pick at these two because they're two down earth people. I mean, they're they're really cool. Well, right, and you know, and the funny thing is because you talk about how you know when you're hanging out with them, how laid back and cool they are, and that's what uh, you find that a lot with this domestic violence type stuff that. Outside of the house, you would never suspect that, you know, Johnny was this to his wife or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, they are outside the house. They're a totally different person once they get inside the house, and it's different. And you never really hear about it because it's a, that cycle that goes through where there's, like, the honeymoon stage, and there's, like, three or four cycles. It's, you know, kind of interesting that if you actually read about domestic violence and kind of how the cycle works. Mm-hmm. But with this, it's a little bit different situation that I'm looking at because they're both involved. It wasn't like Brittany just started beating on, you know, the uh, wife, husband, however you classify them. Um, but, I mean, it was a fight between both of them. So it was almost like between the better way to describe it, like me and you, we're at the studio and we start arguing and we I guess the, you know, a fist fight. Mm-hmm. Well, that's more of the situation than just one beating on the other one. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out in court with them and then also with the WNBA, how they come out with it. Are they going to, you know, I, I don't want to say let it go, but you look at, like, say the NFL with Daryl Washington beating mm-hmm. on his wife. Well, that's a one-sided type deal. These two were both going at it. Both of them were arrested on the assault. Is it going to be a little bit different than, like, a Daryl Washington type situation? So... I'm interested just to see how the WNBA handles this because this is really kind of like the first incident the WNBA has to deal with. They really haven't had anything of this nature yet. So we'll we'll see. It'll be interesting for sure, man. And then with being, you know, their superstar, you know, face of the WNBA because, you know, they, they really don't get a lot of credit recognition to begin with. They make more of their money overseas and... Now you have, you know, probably your biggest super, one of your biggest superstars in the game right now have an incident. And, you know, it, it did happen in home. So someone, I think, inside the home had to call, you know, police or, you know, had to get them involved, which is, you know, uh, I mean, it's a safe way to go. And you don't know what could have been pulled out weapons or anything. So um, I just hope, you know, they just don't get judged or, you know, um, I mean, they're they're, they're going to get treated a different way. But what happens in your yeah. home? I mean, it, it it's, it's terrible when it comes out to light. And if you're really, you know, that type of person, which I don't see these two are, if you're really that aggressive, aggravated type people, then you know it's you know it's sad to see. And so, like I said, I, I hope the best. I wish the best. It'll be more story. I'm pretty sure being dropped out th- throughout the day today, if not tomorrow as well. So we can discuss more about that tomorrow. Moving on. Last night, San Antonio Spurs played against the L.A. Clippers. Spurs coming out on top in overtime. Uh, great game to watch. I think it was the best game of yesterday's uh, ball games. Um, we talked about this, what, Tuesday? Talking about how Chris Paul... This is his year with the Clippers, Blake Griffin. And I kept saying, you know, I'm not sold on Chris Paul. Yeah, he put up 30-plus points in game one. You know, had a decent game last night. But when it comes down to that moment in a close game when the ball is in Chris Paul's hands, I mean, he doesn't come through in the playoff moments. That's the reason why I push and say 
I'm not I'm not too sold on Chris Paul. And not, not to put any pressure on him, but I mean, I'm just not, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, he 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 can't win you ball games, kind of like a Steph Curry could take over a game, you know, when he you need a big shot, when you need a big run, uh, Curry comes through, and even in the clutch moments, uh, even during a moment in the middle of the game, Curry comes through. I seen Damian Lillard hit big shots in the playoffs. Uh, Tony Parker, of course. I mean, his rings speak for it alone. Chris Paul, I don't. I'm, I'm just not sold on it. I don't get. And you have one of the best players on your team uh, at their position, especially with Blake Griffin, Jamal Crawford. I think he's one of the best shooting guards in the NBA. DeAndre Jordan, arguably yeah, one DeAndre of the best Jordan centers. Was on fire last night with the blocks. Holy cow! Man. Oh yeah. But the Spurs, I mean, yeah. But go ahead. I mean, I'm just not too sold on Chris Paul. Let's just keep it that way. Keep it simple. No, and I understand where you're, where you're coming from, too, especially going to overtime. But you can't overlook the fact that Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, they combined for 58 points, man. I mean, that is just between them two, which, if you look, really is 30 points each in a series of an overtime games, not a whole lot. But you're right. It comes down to the fact of can Chris Paul get the ball when the you know, the last few seconds, and can he can he make that shot? Can he do that Jordan type fadeaway turnaround game winning shot? And I haven't I haven't seen it yet either, really. Yeah, I mean to be you regarded know? as the best shoot, the best point guard, pure point guard in the NBA during your era. I mean, to me, you have to, you know, you have to prove it. You have to bring it. Which, yeah, he had twenty one points. Blake had his twenty nine. I mean, but they respectfully took the most shots out of anyone else on their team uh, during the game, which, you know, it, it makes sense. So, but it's not all about, you know, how many shots you took or, you know, it's about stepping up in the big moments, making the big plays. He's known to, you know, turn over a ball here or there in a, in a great moment when you need, you know, when you need to come through, you need something to push through. And as a leader, you know, he's being regarded as, oh, he's one of the best leaders in the NBA or and well, I mean, vocally he, he probably is. I never been at you know one of his teammates. I'm not downgrading Chris Paul at all. I love his game, but at the same time, I'm just not too sold on him. Once you know April comes around, late April, early May, I'm just Chris Paul that that I see you know in November, December that that disappears, and I don't know you know where he goes. The the clutch moments, you know, he just doesn't live up to that part. Um. And, you know, he had the chance to hit the game winner last night, and he missed. So, it's just another one bites the dust. You had a chance. You won't be be classified as a superstar. You better make those game-winning shots. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to be a class, you hit it right on the pinpoint. If you want to be a superstar, you got to hit that shot in that moment in the playoffs. You just – you should just be winning in the playoffs, winning series. I don't care who's your teammates. I don't care what what's on the other side of the court. It's it's it was games where, you know, uh, hell, who's a superstar? Where Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook went through the same issues with the Spurs, but they beaten the Spurs. They you know yeah. they they've done it. Uh, Stephen Curry, you know he he played balls to the walls. He's done it. Chris Paul, we're still. I'm still waiting on you. I don't know what year yeah. this is for you. I know you're in the double digit. You came in in 03, I, I believe. Uh, or no, I, yeah, I think he came in 03 with LeBron James and them and D Wade heading the class. But you know, I'm still waiting on, still waiting on this CP3 guy. I mean, when is going to translate into the playoffs? When are you going to step up 
and you know just win ball games. You know you got to beat the Spurs. You had a chance to go up two zero. That would have you know solidified. Okay, the Spurs might be done. You had two home games, and you know as a team, yeah, you you lost as a team. That's one you know you got to make up from. But now it's going to get tougher because you got to make that trip to San Antonio, and you only have yeah, and I, less San few Antonio games. Home is going to be tough for the Clippers. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Now I want go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just. I, I don't see the Clippers getting any of these these two next games. I think Spurs is going to go up three to one. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Spurs will just shut it out and go four one, win three in a row? If, yeah, you know what? And mm-hmm. the, they're going to get that momentum. They're going to come home, get those two home game wins, and that's just going to push that momentum into LA. And I think I think I called it that San Antonio was going to go four one on this series too. Mm-hmm. Plus, yeah, out, so. and they had to deal with Garden Kawhi Leonard, who I think is the best player in the playoffs Ooh, right yeah. now. Kwame Lester, Sports yeah. Talk Show. We're going to take a quick break. After the break, we're going to discuss Defensive Player of the Year, Kawhi Leonard. And also, you know, some NFL news one week away from the NFL draft. Kwame Lester, Sports Talk Show. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back into the Kwame Lasser Sports Talk Show. It is Thursday, 888-346-9144 is the number to call in on the show anytime, any day, Monday through Friday except Wednesdays. Please call in on the show and join us. Demery Lachey is here in studio. Dougie B is on the lines. Kwame Lasseter, nowhere to be found right now. Um, we don't know his whereabouts, but... Um, Kawhi Leonard, yes, NBA Finals MVP, um, superstar in my eyes, superstar NBA player. Uh, I think he's averaging a career high in points this season in the regular season, and he's been dominating for the Spurs these first two games in the playoffs against the lo and behold LA Clippers, who I'm, I'm just not sold on at this time of year, but. Kawhi Leonard's balling, out of control. Name defensive player of the year. 
I, I'm a huge Kawhi Leonard fan. I support Kawhi Leonard to the fullest. Uh, for him to be announced as Defensive Player of the Year, I'm not. I don't think I can buy into that one. Here's why: Is he one of the best defensive players in the NBA? Of course, no, hands down. He's probably the best perimeter defense defender in the NBA, except for when it comes to guarding Chris Paul, and he, he just can't. He can't figure that one out just yet. But one of the best defenders out on the, on the perimeter. Has a great deal. I think he led the NBA in steals. Only reason why I would not, and I think he had a career high, like seven, he averaged like 7.8 rebounds a game. Something ridiculous. So, uh, only reason why I would take, I don't think he necessarily deserves it this year, and I hate to go against Quietland because that's my guy. I believe Draymond Green should have been Defensive Player of the Year. If not him, uh, obviously DeAndre Jordan. I mean, DeAndre Jordan was Mm -hmm. rebounding. His tail off. He had one point he had a stretch of like five plus games with twenty plus rebounds a game, and then that's not even talking about how many blocks he had a game. I think he is the enforcer of the NBA. He makes guys shots. If they had a, a list or, or if they had stats to track, you know how many shots can you alter at the basket or make you know guys hesitate or you know try to put up a layup that you know just doesn't look too ordinary or too easy. Um, DeAndre Jordan does that. If if he he would lead the NBA in that st- uh, statistic category, he's like he's just an enforcer on that defensive side. He can rebound his tail off. I thought, in my standpoint, I would have put DeAndre Jordan first, Draymond Green, then probably Kawhi Leonard. Plus, Kawhi Leonard didn't play a full season like Draymond Green. Draymond Green yeah. ended up voting. He had more first-place votes than anyone else. But because the whole tally voting goes through, Kawhi Leonard, you know, jumped him in that standpoint. Well, the funny thing is with Leonard, he's the first player since uh, the first season of the uh, Defensive Player of the Year award back in, like, 82-83 season right. to win the finals MVP and the Defensive Player of the Year award without having previously made an all-star team. So go figure that one out. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, joins MJ and Olajuwon as the only player to be the NBA Finals MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in their career. Mm-hmm. So a couple firsts for him. You know, maybe that was what NBA was trying to go for, is try to get something of that nature. But, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think he showed me enough this year to, to solidify the, the DPOY, but... Mm-hmm. You know, it is what it is. So, I mean, congratulations to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he's young. He's 23 years old. Yep. So we'll see. You know, he's definitely going to mature for the next couple of years. Um, but with winning the award, now the eyes are going to be on you next year. You know. Oh, yeah. The eyes are. How you can improve. Mm-hmm. You're going to go back a little bit. Oh, yeah, the eyes were on him this year. And with him coming out that finals MVP, you know, I was, I, I was thinking to see Kawhi Leonard more commercials, you know, more endorsement or, you know, more marketing for this guy. And he really just kept kept it the same way, uh, was not, you know, harassed or tuned into a bunch of commercials. I don't think I've, I can name you one Kawhi Leonard uh, national commercial that I know he's in, but – 
Um, yeah, I mean, he, he he kept it the same way. He's being himself, which I'm, I'm a huge fan of Kawhi I Like I said, I, I think he, he is probably the best perimeter defender in the NBA. But I don't think he deserved that award this season. It's guys no, that play. You, you could be a best perimeter defender, but I want an overall defender. Yeah, I mean, he, he he's, I think he's, he's probably, close. yeah. Pound for pound, I think he's arguably the best defender in the NBA. Did he? I don't think he deserved that this season, though, because he didn't play the whole year. He was out yeah. a couple of months to begin the season, came back partially, and then he had his rest weeks. You know how Popovich does it. And then, you know, just playoffs come around, come out, and he's balling his tail off. I don't, I don't even, because, you know, we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, trying to go through our NBA awards and, you know, who deserved what award. I didn't mention Kawhi Leonard's name because I didn't even think he was even going to be up for the category because he didn't play that many games, such as a Draymond Green or DeAndre Jordan. I mean, those guys were— Well, that doesn't matter in the NBA because look at the MVP talk with Westbrook being in the talk, and he didn't play the whole year either. Yeah. But, I mean, Westbrook made it at least, you know, he was—he played more games than Kawhi Leonard. He made it right. official of, like, don't forget about me. I'm dropping triple doubles. Is he going to get it? No. But he at least he – I would, you know, I would uh, I would agree more You could see him, him being more in the MVP talk than – Than Kawhi Leonard, Leonard defensive uh, player of the year. Okay. Absolutely. Gotcha. Absolutely. Hey, and, and, go ahead. Well, I know we're talking, talking NBA, too, and I've got to get out of here in a few, but with so much – assault and domestic violence and everything going on with the sports world. I did want to bring up, uh, I don't know if you saw it or not, but something that definitely made me glad to see it uh, because of all the negativity surrounding, you know, sports. Um, former, I should say, former KC Chiefs wide receiver Dwayne Bowe, um, who's with Cleveland now, yep. he ended up coming back to Kansas City for a, a funeral for what a lot of fans Say was their number one fan. It was an elderly lady. She died at like 86 on the 16th. He actually came back, um, and her name was Betty Johnson, came back to Independence, Missouri for the funeral, and not only just came back, but actually spoke at the funeral and uh, brought a, uh, you know, like a wreath and stuff that they bring in on the recess. Thanks for making Arrowhead feel like home to me. I will continue to play my heart out for you. Kisses to my special angel. And I guess he had a habit of kissing the woman you know, at, at every game and stuff like that. So just something good to see positive happen in the sports world because, I mean, there, he had easily could have just sent a card or something like that, but to actually fly back, talk to the know, bring a wreath and stuff like that, you know, definitely some shout-outs to Dwayne Bowen on doing that for the Chiefs and, you know, with him and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. definitely want to bring that up, man. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I tip my hat off to Dwayne Bowen in that aspect. Paying his dues, paying his, his respects to fans, and you don't hear that a lot. You hear more, like you said, of these aggravated assaults, domestic violence charges, but you don't hear about the guys who really, you know, go out and support that fan community, go support. You know, he, he, he attended the lady's funeral, and that's that's amazing. You know, you got OTAs about to jump off and everything. Draft is coming up. That's amazing. You know, I tip my hat off to Dwayne Bowen doing that. Speaking of the NFL draft, it's coming up. We got a week. We're a week away, and the discussions about Marcus Mariota going this top 
either being a top five pick or top six, top ten pick, it's really starting to pick up in discussions everywhere you go. Now, other news is a lot of people are knocking um, in the NFL draft the defensive pres the the defensive presence in the NFL draft. I mean, they're saying this is probably one of the best uh, DN outside linebacker classes to be I agree. Pre- present. Um, but as a whole defense, like secondary linebackers, it's pretty it's slacking this year. Um, a lot of you know NFL GMs and coaches are in discussions. You know they're trying to figure out because you know it's it's teams that need linebackers and they're trying to find it throughout the draft. But as a defensive linebacker position, I don't know who really stands out. I know the kid from Washington, his name's being dropped a lot, but. You know, he's being predicted as going late first round uh, all the way down towards, like, Arizona, the Cardinals. I know Bruce Arians had a discussion talking about him yesterday. And Steve Kine, uh, I, I can't think of the kid's name out of Washington, but that's, you know, that's pretty much the top linebacker prospect that's been talked about. I can't think of another one. I mean, the priest out of Alabama, um, you know, he's maybe a superstar. I like Vic, uh, Vic Beasley. Yeah, Vic Bees, he's more that DN. Like I said, it's probably one of the best but DN classes in the since I've seen in a while. See, with with Beasley, I think you can drop him off into like more of a three four set and have him be that outside linebacker with being able to rush and, and cover. Well, yeah, he'll yeah, he, he's he's in that he's in that category where he can kind of play both, and depend on what team takes him up and what they want to do with him. I mean, he's he's like I said, easily can go DN or linebacker. Yeah, that new rush D, that rush uh, linebacker position, I, I consider that a DN. But yeah, I mean Vic Beasley, he can drop back in coverage as well. Uh, but I'm, I'm I'm thinking about you know where's the world? We just lost Patrick Willis, who retired. Just lost Ray Lewis. Uh, Khalil Mack, you know, brought his game in Oakland. You know, he was he had a great year for a rookie. You know, yep. C.J. Mosley in Baltimore stepped up tremendously. Um, but who's next? You know, who's who's coming up in this draft? Because it's a lot of linebackers that, you know, it's a lot of teams that need a linebacker position. And mm-hmm. that's the one position that's just faded to me in this draft. Yeah. Well, and on that note, I'm going to have to take off. All right. Before you get out of here, man, who you got for uh, the Cardinals selection? You're a week away. Any weekly prediction for you, from you? Man, it, it's so hard because I even said this. That's your show. team, man. That's your team. I, and it's my team. And, I, you know, here and here's why. See, look at you. Got me staying on the phone now. The thing with the, with the draft, I always say this. I, I never look at mock drafts because up to the minute, you never know what happens in the draft because it changes so much every single year from, you know, trades and everything else. So even mock drafts, I mean, I don't even look at it anymore because I, it's just, I mean, it's entertainment, but at the same time, it's, I don't think anybody's ever ever actually come out with a mock draft that hit every single player, maybe one or two missed. But looking at the Cardinals, if they can get a running back. In the and, first round? Then, no, no. Well, here's what I'm saying. Because obviously, I mean, Adrian Peterson, the talks are still out there. But I think, you know, because Adrian hasn't done the OTAs. He's sat out now. Um, what is Minnesota going to want? If they do end up trading him, what are the Cardinals willing to give up? Because Minnesota needs a cornerback. So do we look at giving a cor- you know, maybe like a Bethel up or something like that, which I don't think we should. Because then that leaves us at a big hole in the in the corner. 
But what do you give up as a Cardinals organization to get Adrian Peterson that could excel that offensive season? Absolutely. If you can't get Adrian Peterson, then what do you look at? Because overall, as a Cardinals team, as far as starters go, I think they're set pretty much in, in, in every position. With the defense, I think they need to look a little bit more defensive for the mm-hmm. first-round pick. And I would look at that type of what we're talking about, DN slash linebacker spot mm-hmm. um, for the first-round pick. Okay. Because that's where I think we're the weakest at as far as depth. Um, losing Darnell Dockett, but we have Frosty Rucker, we have Dan Williams. So, I mean, we've got the players there. I just want to see some depth, and especially with who's available when it comes if the Cardinals get the 26 pick. I mean, like I said, there could be trades that come up and they could end up landing the fifth round, you know, number five pick. Who who knows? Mm. But if they stay at the 26 pick, it'll be interesting to see who's down there. But I would look at that linebacker DN spot um, for their first pick. Carmen Lasher Sports Talk Show. We'll be right back. Coming in our last segment, we're going to finish the show for Thursday's show. Uh, so we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back into the Kwame Lasher Sports Talk Show, 888-346-9144. Live today, Thursday in studio, Dimmy Lachey. Uh, with it being Thursday tomorrow, uh, Fireball Friday show, hopefully we get the whole crew here in the studio. Uh, last night there were other games being played in the NBA. I know we discussed a lot about the Spurs Clipper series. I mean, because I think that's the best overall series. Um, I mean, all the other series are 2 0. So um, I had to get that talk in about uh, Chris Paul and the Spurs uh, against the Spurs and whatnot. And. You know, if Kawhi Leonard really deserved that Defensive Player of the Year award this season, which, you know, I don't think he deserved it this year, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Another game last night that was being played and uh, we talked about the other day was it's between the Memphis Grizzlies and the Portland Trailblazers. Now, with that series going on, you would think this 
that even this series will probably even out or will have, you know, great intentions and great play. But I know I mentioned to uh, Kwame earlier this week that I, I believe that the Grizzlies will probably sweep this series. And, you know, he backed up a little bit like, really, that's disrespectful. But, you know, I, th- I think they will. I think Marcus All and Zach Randolph is too much for them. Too much for Portland to handle in the paint. I don't think Robin Lopez can go, uh, you know, forty-eight min or forty minutes going against uh, Marcus Saul all night, and it's it's a struggle because it, even if you put him, if you put Lopez or if you put Lamarcus Aldridge guarding Marcus Saul, then Zach Randolph is going to just, you know, have the best night of his life as well. So. It's just too tough in that pain area. It's too, you know, I don't see Portland. They can't hold Memphis. Not only that, it's hard to score against those two those two big men in the middle anyway. Plus, you got one of the best perimeter defenders in the game, especially playoff time in Tony Allen. Um, he's been playing tremendous defense. I mean, last night, Portland only scored 82 points. I think they averaged like 100, 102 points this season. To be held to 82 points is... You know, it's not well. You're not going to win any ball games, and you know Memphis does a great job in you know setting Portland up with bad shooting and bad shot nights, and their percentage being so low, shooting that finished game at what thirty nine percent shooting. I mean, that's not going to win you any playoff, especially around playoff time. That's not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to get you anywhere close as well. And that's where Memphis, you know, builds up. A lot of their energy from from that defensive standpoint gets them in that that fast break mode to get Conley, you know, running up and down the court. Which Damian Lillard, you know, I don't think I think he's getting tired, you know, throughout the ball game process because a lot of his jump shots don't they stop falling towards the end of the game. I mean, last night he shot five for sixteen. You know, he he started to have you know pull the trigger a lot. Lamarcus Aldridge, I mean, he had twenty four last night, but he struggled as well, shooting seven of twenty. He got 20 shots up yesterday. Where Where's Nicholas Batum? I mean, this kid, this guy been in the NBA for some time now. I know he entered the NBA, I think he was like 17, 18, fairly young. But this is year, I believe, five for him. And he's been in the playoffs for the past two, three years. I think his game needs to step up to a whole other level as well. But, I mean, give a lot of credit, like I said, back to that Grizzly defensive front. I mean... These guys were just, you know, they're they're all over Portland. They even had more fouls. You know, they had 19 fouls compared to Portland's 13. That shows you that Memphis is playing very aggressive. If you're not going to meet, you know, their intensity, then you might as well not show up. They had nine steals compared to Portland's four steals. Uh, the turnover ratio, they, they turned, uh, they made, you know, Portland, they forced Portland to so many turnovers. Portland turned for game high of 13 turnovers compared to Memphis five. You know, Memphis just does not turn the ball over. Conley does a great job of running that offensive standpoint and making them, you know, have efficient shots. I mean, Zach Randolph shot five of 16, but it was efficient. I mean, he was there to get offensive rebounds. He was there to get putbacks. Marcus Gasol shot four of 15, but they still put up 97 points. I mean, everyone else was getting efficient shots. I mean, I think Conley does a great job. And creating, you know, uh, guys sweet, having guys set up in their sweet spots and having them opportunities for them to score easy buckets. Like I said, I think this series is going to be over in four games. Once they go back to Portland, 
you know, Randolph and Gasol, they're just going to, you know, they can't have games of shooting 4, 15, 5, 16. You can't have that going into Portland because Portland's going to have a lot of energy. They're going to come out with a lot of home energy, but I think the loss of Wesley Matthews is really hurting them as well. That's a great perimeter defender um, in, you know, what Portland is built around. And with him going down with his injuries torn ACL earlier this season, it's really starting to show now, especially against a team like Memphis. And, you know, where's Damian Lillard? He, you know, I'm waiting to see one of those games where he's shooting like, you know, 12 or 15. He needs one of those. He needs to do that from here on out. Uh, your back is against the wall now. So uh, you have nothing else to lose. And I believe so that this will be LaMarcus Aldridge's last series, last game. Well, yeah, last playoff series in the Portland uniform. You know, unless he comes back, you know, through free agency or through trade back to Portland. But I think this is his last go around. I think this is his last, you know, outing as being a Portland Trailblazer. I think he needs to get out of town. Uh, it's hard to market out of Portland. And I don't see anyone, any free agents coming to Portland and signing, taking a little contract where you can have max contracts that New York is definitely waiting for him to have. Dallas is probably waiting for him to have as well. Uh, speaking of the Dallas Mavericks, Coach Carlisle spoke out on Roger Rondo with him being out of the rest of the playoffs. Asked him, will he be on, uh, be able to put on a Dallas uniform, you know, from here on out? And Rick Carlisle, head coach of Dallas Mavericks, mentioned no. You know, he's he doesn't see Rondo coming back, which that makes a lot of sense. I think Rondo is probably on his way to L.A. If not L.A., then you know somewhere elsewhere because he does not fit in that Dallas system at all. And Dallas is one of those teams where, you know, they don't let a player come in and try to, to you know, take on the moment and make it his team. It's it's about that team concept and what they discuss. So it wasn't a good fit. It was one hell of a trade during the uh, trade deadline, but it's not going to work out. It's not going to pan out for him in Dallas. And I, I could see maybe him going to either New York or L.A. as well. Um, other news around the NBA, Scott Brooks, head coach, former head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder, has been uh, parted ways. I'm not going to say fired or he quit. They parted ways, partially parting ways, for him to leave, step down as the head coach, and to go elsewhere. And Kevin Durant, which is his superstar player, came out and said, you know, he supports the firing or the partial ways, uh, you know, 100%. Which, you know, you get a lot of players, like, at his standpoint, they would be fairly upset, like, oh, he's a great coach, he's a great guy, what did he do? But... Kevin Durant understands, you know, it's it's time for, you know, a new change. They've been knocking on the door uh, year after year after year, and then with the whole injuries coming up, it's time for a new change. And I think this really opens up as well as Kevin Durant maybe moving on. Unless you find a great, great ball coach to come in. I know UConn, Kevin Ollie, head coach of UConn Huskies, I know he's been talked about replacing Scott Brooks, but if you can't find a big name to come in, uh, say bye-bye to Kevin Durant as well. So, actually, yeah, we got to end the show. <laughs> Talked over a little bit. But, hey, catch us tomorrow, Fireball Friday. We will be back here in studio. Dear me, Lachey, thank you for tuning in today, and we'll catch you tomorrow. We out. for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.